From Press Communications, LLC, this is Jersey Shore Matters with Diane de Oliveira. There's no denying climate change is happening amid extreme conditions and weather events we've been experiencing, not just in New Jersey, but globally. Joining me today to discuss the topic is longtime New Jersey state climatologist Dave Robinson, who also oversees the Rutgers Weather Network. Thanks so much for being on the show, Dave. My pleasure. For the past several years, we've seen roller coaster conditions and changes in everything from the strength and frequency of storms to more tornadoes, hotter temperatures, wildfires, flooding. What is going on? Is this going to become our norm now? That just about covers it. We just haven't had a major drought. We've only had a couple of teases here in New Jersey in the last few years. And the answer is a qualified yes. Um, We can't describe every extreme that we've experienced to climate change. However, we can ascribe to each that these events that have occurred have probably been made a little bit stronger, a little bit wetter, a little bit more violent than they would have been without the influence of climate change. So it's not as if all of a sudden these things are popping up only because humans are impacting the climate. It's just we're amplifying natural events such that they're more prominent and certainly more in the news and sadly more damaging and deadly. Yeah. I feel like since Superstorm Sandy, it it just seems like it's gotten so much worse since then. Or like you just said, maybe we're just drawing more attention to it. I think it is a combination of both. And certainly the world has become smaller as social media and media in general has gone online and we know what happens the other side of the world now almost immediately where it might have not been known for weeks, if at all, prior to the last couple of decades. Uh, so that's part of it. But the other, other part of it is we've just seen these extremes, not just locally, not just in New Jersey, not just in the U.S., but as you said, these are global issues we're seeing. And every week, it seems, there's major fires, there's major floods, there are major heat waves, there are droughts. Um, and, and they are being exacerbated by climate change caused by human input into our environment. There was just a report that predicts the Jersey Shore will see more high tide flooding days this fall and winter. Uh, Flooding days in the mid-Atlantic region are expected to increase 300 percent. And the Jersey Shore is expected to experience between nine and 15 uh, high tide flooding days compared to just eight last year. Is that just going along with the weather patterns? I mean, what? how do you explain that? Yeah, that, that's not going to occur in the next year or two or three unless we have a spate of uh, violent coastal storms. And we are going into an El Nino winter where the El Nino conditions exist in the tropical Pacific. And that often weakly correlates, but it somewhat correlates with more coastal storms. So in the very short term, we could see some nasty coastal storms, beach erosion and flooding um, this winter. But overall, sea level is rising. Mm -hmm. And with that, you get what's called sunny day or fair weather flooding, where high tides uh, with full moons and new moons, for instance, not even on stormy days, are, are just a couple inches higher, a half foot higher eventually a foot or more higher, and that's just enough to flood those roads that we drive through along our coast 
that, you know, you see the water almost lapping up to them. Well, now it's going to be lapping over them. And we have already seen that happening, not just in New Jersey, but up and down the Atlantic coast and into the Gulf Coast. Um, and we're, we're certainly going to see it happen more. And it's not as if sea level suddenly got to jump a couple of feet, but just even a six-inch rise, and certainly a one-foot rise, can make all the difference along these coastal areas. We see the flooding, um, whether it's high tide or we have a bad storm, uh, especially in LBI, Long Beach Island. Uh, and there have been predictions that in so many years from now, it will be underwater completely. Is that something that is true? It, 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 it is true in the long term, but it's certainly not imminent. Um, it would take a six-foot rise in sea level, which has less than or no more than a 5% chance of happening by the end of this century to really lose our barrier islands and our barrier peninsulas. Um, We're talking more a foot by mid-century and maybe several feet by the end of the century, and that will certainly put a a hit on LBI, um, particularly back bay areas, which tend to flood more readily than up by the dune line and just behind the dune line. So it is going to be a problem. Um, homes on stilts may still be fine, um, but the roads to get there and the infrastructure to support those areas may be compromised more often, as we saw after Sandy with gasoline and electric lines and uh, having to be repaired and replaced, and the same with roadways along the coast. So it's not just your home's going to stay standing because you have risen it and put it up on stilts. Um, but you have to think about the infrastructure that supports these homes as well. And we see so much construction going on, Dave. Uh, you know, as more land is eaten up, does that also play a role in the flooding? Because the water has nowhere to go. It's not being absorbed into the ground like years ago because there's more blacktop, more pavement, more, you know, concrete. Yeah. Yep, the key word is impervious surfaces. And as you, you outlined all that's involved here, and we've got to have somewhere for that water to go, um, stoke into the sandy soils. Um, but that's more difficult to come by when you do more building. And there are regulations to try to control stormwater runoff around, around the state. Um, but it becomes more and more challenging when you have more and more building going on. And, and you know, people may say that's short-sighted. I am not going to get into the social dimensions of this too far, uh, only to just bring it to people's attention that this is likely to become not just a short-term pro- problem, but a more exacerbated longer-term problem. And, and we're, we're going to be faced with that along our wonderful, wonderful Jersey coast. I just want to remind our listeners, this is Jersey Shore Matters. I'm your host, Diane Oliveira, and I'm speaking with New Jersey state climatologist Dave Robinson just about climate change and just the extreme changes in the weather patterns that we've been seeing over the last several years. Uh, July 2023 was the hottest on record, I think, ever since 1880, I believe. Uh, we saw where the water temperatures in Florida we're over 100 degrees, putting uh, sea life at risk. Uh, is this something we're going to see on a regular basis now? Our summers are going to continually get warmer? We have certainly seen that in the last couple of decades in New Jersey. 
uh, that statistic on warmth you cited was a global one. In New Jersey, this was around the 12th warmest summer on our 12th warmest July, I believe, on record. But something like nine of the top 12 have all occurred in the last 15 years. So we're seeing more persistent warmth during our summers. It's not as if we're seeing 100-degree temperatures all the time and very, very rarely at the coast. So it's not the ultra-extremes in the temperature. It's the persistence of the warmth. We were warm early in, in June, and we were warm for a week. Our warmest week of the entire year was the second week first into the second week of September. Yeah. Um, so it's that persistence, and, and that's going to warm up our ocean temperatures. Uh, now, down around Florida, 100 degrees was in, in the bay there by the Keys, so it was local, but normally those waters are a bathtub. But even just a change of a couple of degrees is huge over oceans. A couple of degrees isn't as notable here on land, but when the oceans are a couple of degrees warmer, that's that much more fuel to add to the fire of tropical storms. And, and we have to worry about stronger tropical storms, not necessarily more of them. And, and that concerns me along the Jersey Shore because as the waters stay warmer off our coast, that allows any storm that comes out of the tropics to maintain its strength lowest, longer, I should say, than it might have in the past. Frankly, we saw that with Sandy. Uh, models were run post-mortems for Sandy with normal ocean temperatures for late October and the warmer than normal temperatures that existed off the East Coast late in October of 2012. And Sandy took the same odd path in either of the runs but it was a stronger storm with those warmer ocean temperatures. So that's, it's not as if hurricanes are going to develop off the Jersey coast anytime soon, <laughs> decades to go. But they could maintain their strength longer. And that could be strength in terms of the wind field, which is an inland problem and also a coastal surge problem. But also with the warmer ocean temperatures, you can entrain more moisture into the atmosphere. It's a simple physical law. The warmer the atmosphere, the potential for it holding more moisture, and that can lead to heavier rains and freshwater flooding inland down to the coast. And, you know, we've seen that in Floyd in 99 and Irene in 2011 and Ida in 2021, just unprecedented flooding in some inland locations. Again, would be there even without humans roaming the planet, but we're making it more intense. We're making it worse. Now, what about, you mentioned the warmer ocean temperatures. Uh, what about as far as tornadoes? And it seems like we've had more of them this year in New Jersey and water spouts. You know, that was something you never really mm -hmm. heard about. And we've had a few of them this season alone. Does the water temperature play a role in that as well? Or how do you explain the additional activity? Yeah, the, the, uh, to be honest, the jury is still out on that type of extreme. Um, we have seen 13 tornadoes this year. That ties for the second most since 1950. But the most were back in 1989. So there's no trend in increasing tornadoes in New Jersey. We had uh, a, a number, a hot spot, if you will, in the late 90s 
excuse me, the late 80s to about 1990. And we've had a hot spot for the last five years. Here, three of the last five years have had a fair number of tornadoes. So there's no trend, and they're so small um, that it's difficult to, in this case, ascribe them to climate change. Um, so, as I said, the, the research jury is mm-hmm. still out on that, and, and that would include water spouts uh, as well as tornadoes. Um, we have seen a shift nationally of more tornadoes coming out of the tornado alley, we called it, in Oklahoma, Texas, up into Kansas, shifting a little bit more into the southeastern U.S., but we've seen no evidence of it shifting up this way. And, and as for the future... A little uncertain if that will make its way up the East Coast towards New Jersey. And Dave, as far as New Jersey's seasons, I mean, I feel like we used to have four seasons. I feel like, (laughs) you know, our fall, our summer is blended into fall. Our winters are sort of non-existent without the significant snowfall that I felt like we saw back in the 70s or 80s. You know, Um, what's going on with our seasons well, at first, it might surprise you that we've seen no trend in snowfall in New Jersey. Interesting. Um, the one thing we've noticed, it seemed like, and, and, and snow isn't all that common, it's snowstorms, that it seems like more of our snow is falling in larger storms. So we're not getting the, the little one, two, three-inch storms as much, but we still get, can get, have the potential of getting walloped by these big foot-plus snowstorms that we've seen in recent years. Um, so that, that's an interesting situation. Now, to our south, down 95, further south, there already is some sign of there being less snow. But that signal has not made it this far north at this point. Um, but you're right, our our our, our Seasons are changing. Our, our summer, our warm season, the shoulders of those seasons uh, witnessed this year, as I mentioned earlier, are getting warmer. Um, and that's shortening our, our colder season. And even within the cold season, the cold spells may be a little shorter-lived. Uh, last winter, we had two very intense cold outbreaks just before Christmas and in very early February. But they were very short-lived, and it turned right around, and we had a warm overall January and, and February. So that's kind of what we're seeing. It's a, it's a little harder to get and keep the cold air in here. Now, I talked about the persistence of the warmth. In the opposite sense, we're not seeing the persistence of the extreme cold, yeah. as we saw in the past. And, and one interesting statistic we need to do a little bit more work on we're finding that the coldest of the cold in the winter is warming at a faster rate than just the average low temperatures. Um, and, and that can be a problem for killing off invasive species during the winter, which can't survive when it's uber cold. If we're not getting that uber cold, things like the southern pine beetle, which has decimated some of the pinelands, can winter over. It needs to be, if you will, freeze-dried with some very cold winter nights. And if we're getting fewer than of them, that's allowing invasive species to come in and, and damage our natural environment. 
Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't seem like the bay or lakes freeze the way they did years ago. And you, you don't see kids ice skating anymore outside because they're never freezing, you know. Yeah, that, 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 that's fair to say. And along the coast, ice boating yeah. would be such a major fashion. Yeah. That and up in the back, Lake Pack kind of such. But along Shrewsbury, Navasink, that area. And, and it, it is rare. And we're seeing somewhat less of that. And again, it's not because we're not getting some extreme cold from time to time, but we're not getting it for long enough for things to free- safely freeze over. And, and that's a concern. That's a danger because we're still going to see thin ice. We're going to see ice, but it's going to be thin. And that increases the danger of people venturing out on it. Dave, we are just about out of time. Any yeah. final thoughts to wrap up, you know, what, what's happening with uh, our weather extremes? Well, I, you know, I don't want to be a total downer. I mean, some people enjoy warmer weather um, and, and they can get outside more and they may look at their heating bill. But then I'll say, well, take a look at your air conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> bill. Um, and I don't want to give people the, the impression that things are going to go from bad to worse and stay worse. Um, but we do have to be more attentive to, to our environment and what we're doing to it. Uh, the more we can mitigate what we're doing to our environment, the less we're going to have to adapt to future changes. So that would be my take-home message for the day. Climate change is here uh, in New Jersey. We're going to have to deal with it. And the more we can do to minimize things, the less we'll have to do to adjust to those uh, upcoming changes. State climatologist Dave Robinson, thank you so much. You bet. My pleasure. You can hear Jersey Shore Matters with Diane D'Oliveira every Sunday morning on Press Communications, LLC.